Welcome to the Daniel Artes podcast. Today I have a special guest. Man, I'm really happy that he's on the show with me. Really excited to get into this conversation with him. I have Artic Kasorian from Ball is Life, actually, one of the co-founders of Ball is Life. You know, he came on board in 2007 and, um, you know, changed a lot of people's lives, man. So how are you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Me and my friends always, we get mad at y'all because we always wonder, man, what if, you know, Ball is Life or, or all these other um, social media types came around when we was in college and we was catching wreck. And then, uh, oh yeah. But we'll feel like, like we probably would have been in the league or whatever. We always talked about it. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I feel, I always, I think about it all the time too. Like all these players we've covered over the years that if they era, which is, you know, especially during the last three years when it really took off how much crazier and how how different things would have been for so many people. Yeah, exactly. Especially like, I think y'all would have loved to cover my AAU team because it was me, Smush Parker, and Lenny Cook. You know, wow. yeah, we had we had a nice little solid team. We had Charlie oh, Villanueva wow. as well. You know, yeah, we had a- How many games did you guys lose? Team. Did you guys ever lose? Yeah, we we lost. We we was young, man. We was young and, and unruly, but we we beat a lot of the big teams in New York, like the Riverside Churches and the Gauchos and everything like that, and stuff. And awesome. it would it would have been funny to see me because I, I always play center. I'm six three, but I always play center, and I, I'm pretty oh, pretty high jumper at the time. Really strong. I always played at six three two sixty five, you wow. know. And um, yeah, like really good footwork, quick, and everything. So it would have been different. I always tell people today, like. What y'all watching, when y'all see Zion, y'all see Daniel Artest. <laughs> oh, man. We need some film. Oh, I have some. I have, I have, I actually, I'm going to send you a clip after this is over of me doing a nice little spin move dunking on Bone Collector. I have one. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I have bone one. Collector. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but let's get into it. All right, so, you know, COVID has hit us hard, you know, basically put the entire world on pause. So I wanted to, you know, talk about COVID and how it's affecting your business and what, and what, and also what are you doing as an alternative to keep, you know, your followers engaged? Yeah. So obviously everyone's affected by this, um, with in this in basketball and what we do, all sporting events have been canceled, um, from the state California didn't have the state championship, uh, same with a lot of states. AAU's canceled. Um, you know, it's very unfortunate for us since Ball's Life has been around for so long. Um, we've been able to kind of go in our vault and all this old content that we have and we've compiled through the years. Um, many of our new followers and our new viewers and new fans haven't seen. So we've just been kind of repurposing those, re releasing them. And uh, it's kind of kept us afloat and, you know, kept things moving for us in the meanwhile. But, you know, no, nothing's the same as having fresh new sports and fresh new content. So. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I know, I know y'all miss it just going, you know, game to game and, and just, you know, just showing, you know, us fans the, the love that y'all have because the love that y'all show, we see it in y'all product when y'all, when y'all finish out, you know. Um, I also want to talk about you, you know, in, in your come up with basketball and bowling life, you know, navigating, you know, the mixtape era when it was heavy in the media industry. So, you know, um, take us through that. Yeah. So me, I growing up in Lebanon, uh, it was a soccer dominated country. Mm -hmm. A, but then we started getting into basketball um, 
us being a small country, we weren't very good at many sports. Um, sports were just looked at as uh, not really a waste of time, but it was very like academic driven. Like if you're not like studying or doing your homework, then you're wasting your time. So we weren't really encouraged to take sports seriously. Um, but then around the late 1990s, um, Lebanon just all of a sudden got very good at basketball in the Middle Eastern region. Yeah. Uh, we started winning uh, Middle Eastern championships and competing in the Asia Cups and doing well. So um, basketball started becoming popular there. Um, and I started watch, catching some NBA games and Kobe and the Lakers caught my eye and I fell in love with Kobe Bryant. Uh, I'd say in like 98 when, uh, you know, he was still only a couple of years in the league. I don't know what, I just saw a couple of clips of Kobe and just fell in love with them and became, and adopted Lakers as my favorite team. Um, fortunately, like I said, in Lebanon, sports weren't taken that seriously uh, for, you know, young people. Uh, I didn't really get to play uh, on a team. Or any, or for my school, like our schools didn't have a basketball team or anything like that. So when I moved to the states, um, it was quickly apparent to me that a future in basketball wasn't going to be possible because by then I was already 15 years old and had never played um, organized basketball. Mm. So while I still, you know, um, learned about the game and was a huge fan of it and fell in love with it. I realized that I need to find a different way to be involved with basketball without having to play it. Yeah. And soon after, I came across a guy named Matt Rodriguez who was kind of doing this thing. So, so a, friend, a, a mutual friend put us in touch and said, "This guy is he films his own, he films basketball and he." edits his own content and he's putting it out and he's following future NBA players. And I was like, Hey, like I love video editing. I really want to, you know, be involved with basketball. So it just made sense. And then Matt ended up and Matt's the guy who's he started Ball's life. And uh, he brought me on as like, Hey, like you should, you should be my partner with this. Um, of course it was just a hobby at the time. And that's just really how I got involved with Ball's life. Wow, man, that's a, that's an amazing story. From coming from where you come from to um, to the start of baller on baller's life, that's really amazing. So let's talk about the struggles at the beginning of doing this business. You know, like you say, you was just filming, or were you working and, and you was filming at the same time? You know, like oh, take us yeah, through that yeah. journey. Yeah, well, of course. Just I was uh, I was a senior in high school when I started doing baller's life with Matt. And he, he's, a, he's a couple of years older than me, so he was going through community college. And of course, you know, um, at first it was just a hobby. We were making money off of it. For a while, we were making money off of it. So we had to work side jobs. I, you know, he, he was a pharmacy technician. Mm -hmm. uh, so through his connections, he got me a job as like a, ca a cashier at a pharmacy. And, you know, we just had to uh, work, you know, real jobs, quote unquote, uh, so to speak for a while until Ball's Life got to a place where we could do it full time. But yeah, man, like we would be, we were going to school. So we were going to school, work, and then we would have to go and film games and uh, just balancing those. And staying motivated, you know, if the, you go 
go through your ups and downs, but I think the what kept us going was the fan feedback and like how much people loved what we were doing. At the end of the day, it was just like through all the hard times is what just kept us doing it and kept us going because after everything, um, it's very it's very rewarding getting the feedback you get doing what you love. So that's uh, that's what kept us going through. Yeah, man, that's awesome, man. Yeah, you know, I'll be telling people all the time, man. It's like you know, start a business is hard. It it, it ain't yeah. easy. You know oh, yeah. Oh yeah. I'm new to the podcasting game. This is this is like you know, like my 54, 55th episode. Oh, wow. You know, but I consider it still a startup business or whatever. You know, what I mean, it's definitely tough trying to get viewers, trying to engage. You know, try to get yeah. engagement and everything and stuff. So I I kind of created, um, came up with some creative ways on engaging, getting you know fans and then. I just created a Facebook group to just, you know, bring all my content to the Facebook group. And um, it's growing now. I have like 2,400 awesome. members in there. So it's oh, wow. fun. Yeah. So let's let's talk about Kobe. You said you was a big, big fan of Kobe. Um, yes. Obviously, we know that three months ago he passed away. You know, unfortunately, him and his daughter and the other seven people involved in that helicopter uh, tragedy. So, like, how much did he influence you? And, um, like, what, should, what was your thoughts on, you know, his um, untimely passing? Yeah, I mean, Kobe is, honestly, he's the reason I and I do what I do now. Um, again, I always liked basketball, but I fell in love with basketball watching the Lakers and Kobe. Um, Kobe was just like a superhero to me. Um, there were days, like before... NBA league pass and when you're young and living when I moved here I was living in the Bay Area so the Warriors were my local team so the only games we got unless it was national TV were Warriors so how I could keep up with Kobe was I would be on like Yahoo Sports page just hitting refresh on Laker games for the box score because you had to have the text update like oh Kobe shoots a free throw makes one one or whatever Yep. Um, and that's how I experienced the 81 point game, actually. And I just remember just like sitting there hitting refresh over and over and just like going crazy. Um, but yeah, so I started making NBA mixtapes. And really what I was doing was just making Kobe mixtapes. I would just download Kobe. I would watch Kobe games uh, on national TV when I could. I would eventually I learned that if you buy some devices for, uh, you know, a hundred bucks. You can record the games and then edit it. And then also uh, there was a website called mixmakers.net that I came across where people who basically were into what I was into would record games and upload the highlights. So I was just downloading Kobe highlights all day and then making mixtapes. And that's how I got into making mixtapes, which eventually led to, you know, filming our own content and making mixtapes. And so, yeah, I mean, Kobe, he, I just wanted to make Kobe mixtapes all day during my free time. And that's how I really got into this. And yeah, I was just obsessed. Whenever the Lakers would win, it was the best day ever. Whenever the Lakers would lose, it would ruin my day. Uh, I didn't want to talk to anyone when they lost. In the, I remember the 04 and the 08 finals, I like didn't speak to anybody for a week after they lost those series. Like, I was depressed. Uh, yeah, I mean that's my that's my that's my history with the Lakers and Kobe. <laughs> Typical Lakers fan, man. Oh, yeah. the sky is falling when they lose. Then the sky. Yeah, is exactly. <laughs> so, um, 
like how does it feel knowing that a lot of y'all videos when y'all when y'all do your mixtapes on certain players like zion you know um you know um, demar derozan you know to, for an example definitely like how do how do y'all feel when those mixtapes you know springboard players into the national spotlight feels great um i mean it's a, so there's a few layers to it mm. and with mixtapes especially it started out it used to be where we used to just record like 25 games of a player and not release anything until the end of the season when we dropped the mixtape and that's the first time everyone's seeing and mixtapes had had a different effect back then now it's like every game there's multiple cameras i'm not saying i think it's the way it is now it's like obviously it's uh it's a national thing and like it's gotten super popular but uh back then it was like if you had a mixtape you were certified you know and um just seeing how like demar derozan was the first major mixtape i made and it just kind of um i never really understood the effect it would have on a player and whatnot and their kind of journey through basketball until we started making like mixtapes of under the radar players and their coaches would come up to me their family members would come up to me and just like thank you so much for doing that like now he all of a sudden he has five colleges contacting us and that's when i really started uh realizing like oh my goodness like what i'm doing is not just for entertainment but it's really out here helping players you know get noticed um of course the uh, espn top 25 ranked players they don't really need the mixtapes to get recruited but now it's turned into like well what we do is is helping people work on their branding before they even graduate high school and putting people in positions where they can um market off their name and um you know, open so many other avenues. And I, I'm not taking, we're not taking all the credit for that. There's obviously, this is a, we're part of the, we're part of the wheel, the, the machine, but it is, it is, it is crazy. And it's still, uh, it's, it still leaves me amazed to this day. Yeah. I mean, I, I asked that question because that was my first introduction to Zion was from, was through y'all basically, you know what I'm saying? So I was just like, you know, who is this kid? He just came out of nowhere. And um, when you, when you mentioned, um, you know, unknown players like under the radar, my, my mind just went to a quail car, you know, oh, yeah. crime stopper, man. You know, mm -hmm. like how was it filming him? With the kill, I mean, I can't take full credit for a kill because we were more so West Coast based at the time. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't the one filming, uh, filming him myself personally. We had uh, people on the East Coast who would uh, cover him, but I just remember like, after I, knowing that like oh our guy's about to film a kill today like i was just like waiting for the footage to drop so like i could see it um players like the kill there are players where you just like you cannot wait to film him and when the game ends you're just like sad it, it just like ended too quickly like i you wish you could this game would just keep going and going forever um, yeah. and that kill was definitely one of those players yeah, yeah, Quill, he definitely a beast. I Man, I, 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 I remember just watching his his tapes, and I'm like, this guy's short. He's explosive. Like, yeah. man, I thought that he was on his way, man. You know what I'm saying? But you know, he still had a good career, though. You know, um, 
you know, really good player, man. Um, so, um, what video got y'all on, on the map? So, what got us on the map? I wouldn't say it's really one video, but that lockout summer, okay, uh, is what kind of pushed us over the edge and all over the into kind of into a whole new level uh, yeah. because uh i don't know tv uh, I, all the tv channels like the espns or whatnot who were broadcasting nba games they couldn't really um cover those games because of the contract so really what that meant was people like ball is life and a few others who were doing the same thing we were doing at the time we were the only ones who were covering it and at the time there were very few of us maybe like three or four so yeah, it was just Ball's Life and a, f- a few other people like us just covering the lockout. It was basically we were watching NBA All Star games for like two, three months in like college gyms and like high school gyms. It was it was absolutely crazy. Um, the one game that stands out the most is the one in North Carolina that Chris Paul put on. It had LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Melo, Chris Paul, Kyrie, KD. Steph Curry, you name it, everyone was there, and I, I'm just, I just remember being in there with five thousand other people, no TV cameras or anything, and like this is this is crazy. Like me and my camera and a few others, and these five thousand people are experiencing witnessing something here that probably hasn't been done before ever, and uh, it was just like a, honestly, it was like a magical and like a crazy surreal moment be a yeah. part of but yeah like that that game and that summer really just like put ball's life um made us um available to like a more mainstream audience or you know because, because we were starting to cover nba players yeah that, I, rem- I remember that summer that that like I, I wish i wish the like i would have never ended to be honest because it was yeah, cool. i know right it, it was cool to see that to see players in that type of um intimate atmosphere you know what i'm saying and right. see- you know, they just going head up, and it was it was really fun. No commercials, no none of the pomp and circumstance stuff. Just exactly. like no hoop, just just basketball. Like I, right. I loved it, and I wish that it would never. I wish they would play basketball like that more often. You know, I know, right? <laughs> it, 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 it I mean, it's it's bad for them, but good for us. <laughs> yes, it, exactly, exactly, exactly. So, um, you know, Ball's Life, y'all y'all big on YouTube. You know, y'all have hundreds of millions of views and stuff. So, like, what do y'all do to leverage those views? And you know, learn more of the demographic of you know what y'all targeting. Uh, I mean, there's there's so many different ways. Uh, as far as uh, like our, so we uh, we treat each platform we have differently because something that performs well on YouTube doesn't perform well on uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, yeah. Snapchat. So now we're in a position where before we were just limited to YouTube because we obviously we started on YouTube and for a while it was there. But now you know we have more more follow more followers on twice as many followers on Instagram that we have YouTube subscribers. You know, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are the players like the Zion's, the Lamelos that no matter what you do, like. They have a huge following and people love seeing them. So th- there's like the automatic like view 
do-getters and popular players like that's uh, don't really need to get into that that's a given but uh, people just they love a they what people love is connecting with the players mm -hmm. and seeing players on like a more personal level where they can connect with them so stuff like our day in our lives have been very popular where we basically go and spend the day with the player and it, it's almost like our viewer it gets to hang out with the player and uh, by the end of it, you feel like you know them and like uh, you're friends with the player with with the players and just kind of um, bridge, bridging the gap between uh, between you know fan and player and it's, and this has also been po been uh, possible because of social media now where like you know players can interact with fans and you know just kind of balls life playing that middleman between fans and players has been is really what kind of drives everything we, we've been doing lately. And yeah, I think what for us, it's just, again, doing day in a life and connecting our fans with the players is, is what has been yeah. the most successful. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, So also like, you know, the game done change from early 2000s to now, you know, in your opinion, how has the game evolved for the for the youth? you know, whether brand-wise, business-wise, and uh, marketing-wise? Right. Uh, well, obviously, the, uh, the easiest answer, or the number one easy, the number one answer, which is the easiest, is social media. Again, there's players with millions of followers on Instagram right now, which is, uh, which is awesome. And again, I think... I just saw on Twitter this morning actually about how the NCAA is going to loosen up their rules about players uh, kind of profiting off their names, which is it's crazy that it's taken this long. First of all, yeah. So uh, that's one that's one way. Uh, another way is uh, I'm sorry. Could you a ask the question one more time? I lost my train. Oh, all right. Um, basically, how has the game evolved for the youth? Brand-wise, business-wise, and marketing-wise. Okay. So, yeah, the social media thing, um, social media just being what it is now, it's uh, opened so many avenues. Um, the game, how has it evolved? As far as, like, uh, the actual game, definitely the Steph Curry effect. I've, I've seen takes, I've noticed takes. Uh, uh, where everyone is just kind of like wants to be like shifty now and like pull up threes um, like Trey Young uh, when he was in high school and coming up there were other guards out there who were just who were ranked higher and um, you know sometimes we might even would have filmed them over Trey Young and but like look and like look where Trey Young is now and like the perfect example of like where where the game has evolved to where just kind of like that three-point shooter shifty saucy guard uh you know loves loves to shoot the three and uh very exciting in that in that aspect whereas before it was just like as, at least from a ball's life perspective like uh more like athletic and like dunking on people type of guards whereas now it's like more uh like i said kind of like uh finesse and uh, more handles and just like pulling up three uh that's how that's so from a ball's life perspective that's how it's evolved 
Um, from uh, branding and marketing, again, like I said, uh, Instagram and social media has just changed everything. I think now um, with YouTube and just the high school space has become so much more mainstream. Like ESPN did so many high school games this year, uh, Bleacher mm. Report, and so many media companies are just covering high school now on a regular basis, which is uh, obviously allows for so many more opportunities. And I think we're really just scratching the surface right now. In the next three to five years, it'll, it's gonna, I mean, I can't even imagine where it, it might get to, in the, especially with the NCAA changes. So it could, uh, things could really change for the better. Yeah, I, th I think so too. Now, I'm, I'm glad that the NCAA finally, after all these years, you know, starting to let players profit. This, this should have been happening, you know. And then now you got the G League stepping in, right. you know, doing what they're doing, you know, giving these players, um, you know, all this money, plus helping them with their schooling so they can, you know, get paid and, um, you know, have and start their professional careers early. The NCAA could have just been did that right there, you know. Yeah, 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 they have really good scouting services, you know, they could have used them and then, you know, hey, we'll rate these players elite, get this, and, um, you know, the not so elite, get that, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, at least hey, better late than never. So that, right, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> so um, does uh, Ballers Life, do y'all do any, like, um, community outreach things? Uh, we, we do community outreach where we partner with like, um, programs already in place. Uh, so the Compton Magic, we do a lot of stuff with them. Uh, right now we, during this COVID thing, we partner with, the uh, name real quick. Uh, World Center Kitchen for COVID-19 relief. So we partner with them where we're giving them, uh, 10% of all our sales uh, we're donating to the World Center for Kitchen. Okay. Man, that's awesome, man. That's 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 actually pretty dope what you're doing. You know, giving Appreciate back to it. like that, man. That, that's really good, especially during this, because everything is closed down. Like, I'm in Charleston, right. South Carolina, and a lot of things is closed down, but the schools is open. They're feeding the community out here you know, with, the, with the school, with the free lunches and stuff like that. So it's actually pretty cool. So I got a question. Like, who yeah. are your favorite players to film? And if... And if you could go back to any era, no matter what year, with your camera, you know, who would you, who would you like to film a mixtape on? Okay. My favorite players to film, Kyrie Irving. I'll give you my top five. Kyrie Irving, Andrew okay. Wiggins, Zion Williamson, LaMelo Ball, and I'm going to give you six. Jalen Green and Josh Christopher. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Def definitely some good players. I, I like Jalen Green, man. Jalen Green, oh, yeah. I think he's going to be a, stu a stud. I think oh, for sure. Yeah. It, um, Zion, I mean, that's nothing really to be said. And Kyrie Irving in high school was just, he was the first player. <clears throat> I, because, you know, that he was balls like, I was, I started balls life in 06. And by the time I really got into it, where I was like filming enough games to, really like um film a player in uh, enough times it was like when i it was and then kyrie irving was the first one i was like oh my god yeah it's like nobody can guard this guy at the high school level and he his game obviously you know everybody loves someone who like breaks ankles and i i, I remember telling people like hey kyrie irving remember this name this he's gonna be nice when he makes it to the nba and like you know of course and he was the first guy who, like, I, I was telling people to look out for, look out for, and actually, like, hand out 
Kyrie Irving. Andrew Wiggins in high school was just like ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so athletic. And again, another player who like had like no competition at the high school level. Uh, Zion, Zion. LaMelo Ball is everywhere he went. It, there was a line around the building. And, you know, he, he wasn't like the most athletic. The, he didn't have the most handles at the time. Uh, but it was just like he was the mo- he was the most confident player I've ever covered at at the age of in the ninth grade in the tenth grade the confidence he had and like how nothing would phase him was just like crazy and like mind blowing so and the stuff he would do sometimes over the top and you know you you can I'm I'm sure that's up that's up for debate <laughs> that's a you know that's a that's another uh, debate for another day but. Yeah. His confidence, and then uh, Jalen Green and Josh Christopher. You already know about those two, like you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Lamelo. Like, what I like about him is that yes, the confidence is one thing. Like, but how he has grown into his body, and even how he got tall over the years. But he's like six seven now. Yeah, I'm, crazy. Like, like Jesus Christ. I think he's the number one pick, to be honest. And that's yeah. my thing. I think he's the number one. I don't think you shouldn't, unless Golden State gets the number one pick. Then I think they should go with Wiseman for the size, but I think that any other team you need a point guard, I think that you got to go get this guy, you know? I agree. Yeah, definitely. So um, before we go, last question, you know, ESPN dropped the Last Dance documentary on the Chicago Bulls, 97-98 season. Like, how you been enjoying it? Have you been watching? Okay. I haven't watched yet, but I have a good reason. I, every, every show I watch, I like to binge watch it. So I wait, if it's like, one of those uh, shows where they drip feed or like they drop an episode a week or a couple episodes a week. I always wait until all of it is released so I can just like watch all of it in one sitting. Yeah. I've just been like trying to avoid social media as much as I can just so I can like all of it could be released and I could just watch all of it in one sitting. It's, it's, <laughs> I know I'm crazy like that, but like everything when I was watching Game of Thrones, every show I would just wait till the whole season is out and I would just binge watch all of it. No, no, you're not. You're not the only one. I do it too. I do it with The Walking Dead. So I watched The Walking Dead on like season one through like season four, and then I ain't watch it until about last week. Then I just yeah. re binge watch everything up until this um the tenth season. Right. You know, yeah, so. I mean, yeah, the wait in between, like yeah, waiting man. a whole week for more, it's just like I can't do it. I need, I need to watch. as soon as the episode ends, I need to be able to watch the next one right away. Yeah, I think um without spoiling it, you're gonna enjoy it. I I ranked it a twenty five out of ten. You know what I'm saying? Wow. It's, it's, it's amazing. And um, like it just you will appreciate Scottie Pippen more. Finally, a Dennis Rodman story with no antics, just basketball. And you appreciate him more and stuff like that. And, you know, Jordan's Jordan, you know. Um, but thank you for coming on to the Daniel Artest podcast, man. Um, really appreciate it, man. Really excited to have you on. And um, you just tell everybody where they can reach you at. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, you can reach me. I do have a personal Instagram, which I'm not very active on. Uh, you know, I still check every now and then. It's uh, uh, my first name, A-R-E-K, Arik, and then underscore Ball is Life. All right, cool. Yeah, and then also you can follow the Ball is Life main Ball page Life. at yeah. Ball is Life as well. At Ball is Life, yeah. yeah. You, can follow, I, you should follow Ball is Life before you follow me. <laughs> but, <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, Ball is Life on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Snapchat. Exactly, exactly. Yet. Me too. 
Exactly. Well, thank you for coming on to the show. Y'all know y'all can follow me on social media as well. Twitter and Instagram at Daniel Artest Pod. I got the Facebook group at the Daniel Artest Podcast. Just go search that. Also on YouTube as well on DRTest TV and also DanielArtest.com. With that being said, we are out. Arik, thank you for coming on to the show and much, much respect, much love and um, salute to everything that you're doing now and in the future. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Peace out.